But what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 91 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison, joined by my co-host today, Zach Rolf, that hasn't been around in about seven months, so it's great to have him back. But we also have two new uh, guests, and uh, they are the head coach of Tarleton State Wrestling, Grant Leith, and the associate head coach of Tarleton State Wrestling, Jimmy Overheiser. Uh, guys, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, it's, you know, the season's here. Um, you know, the news just broke. You obviously just announced, well, actually, we're announcing that Jimmy Overheiser is the associate head coach as well. So, uh, um, you know, what's it feel like to be the first Division One program in Texas, um, you know, as, as the steps move forward to being a Division One program? So, <laughs> before I mean, I, I know there's started. a lot of confusion, too, because, like, I, I had a conversation with Jason Bryant last night. Um, you yep. know, and we there was obviously confusion across, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the message boards. You know, I had a conversation with Corby, um, that you know, that's pretty well versed into the uh, you know, media world as well for wrestling. And you know, there's a lot of confusion, which we're going to hopefully clear up a lot of it today. But uh, yeah, I'm going to let you kind of get into that right now. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not um, a fully funded Division One team quite yet. Um, what's happening is. Tarleton State signed an agreement with the Texas Collegiate Wrestling Foundation. And the agreement was that if we raise $2 million, the second we hit that number, Tarleton will launch a fully funded Division I wrestling program, 9.9 scholarships, um, and be the first in Texas history. For the time being, we're an NCWA program, um, and that's What's really interesting about this whole situation is this blueprint of Jimmy and I being hired from an outside organization, the Texas Collegiate Wrestling Foundation, gives us a staff, right, and gives us um, somewhat of a direction to A, raise the money, B, turn this into a fully funded Division One team, but the idea is that they could take this blueprint that we're using to start Tarleton and take it to LSU, Georgia, Florida, it across the whole United States and add wrestling programs from NAIA, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Um, so it's really, really interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's great that they, you know, said, like, we need to get a staff going to help, you know, with these fundraising efforts. I know there was money, you know, raised before you guys uh, kind of came on board. You know, how yeah. much money has been raised so far? And, you know, this is another, I guess, follow-up question, but like, how are you and Grant or you and Jimmy, you know, going to change that, you know, being under coach Cole, uh, who really built up Cornell, just not as a wrestling program, but you know, the networking he did was a crucial part to the program's success, you know, and he For was sure. able to help Stanford, you know, in the, his time there as well. You know, what have you guys learned from him that you'll take into Tarleton state with fundraising efforts, you know, and networking with, you know, maybe obviously alumni that haven't had wrestling there, um, you know, it's a division one program. Uh, Jimmy, I'll get the first part of this and then hand it off to you if you're good with that. Go for it. So <clears throat> prior to Jimmy and I, they raised about $650,000 um, to start this, you know, Tarleton State Wrestling Program. Again, who's, the, who's they? The Texas Collegiate Wrestling Foundation. That's, okay. that's technically who we're hired by at the moment. But again, I went and visited Tarleton's campus. I met with administration. They took me around the building, showed us where the wrestling room was going to be. 
So they're fully invested in making this happen. They just want to see that we'll do our part and hit this 2 million. But again, we raised, they raised 650,000 without a coaching staff, without an even program. They didn't even have the the club team yet. And so the idea is you put a face on it and, and get a staff together. And now we've created an NCWA team there. Um, the the big donors and, and the wrestling community are going to step up and we'll hit this 2 million. I'm hoping by April, to be honest with you, I'd love to launch next year. Um, the amount of outreach and people wanting to be involved has been crazy and it's really exciting. I think everybody's been waiting for Texas to have a division one wrestling program. I think it's the fourth largest wrestling population in the country um, and it's growing every single year. So it's a sleeping giant. I'm excited to be a part of it. And uh, as far as fundraising efforts, I'll let, I'll let Jimmy get this cause I've been a ball hog. Well, Hey, I'll go into a little bit more. Um, you know, I think one big difference with putting Grant and I's name to it is I think some schools in the past, you know, or at least the wrestling community is kind of waiting for grand benefactors to come along. You know, you see that with a lot of new programs, Morgan state being resurrected, little rock having their program brought about recently is just kind of one guy being like, hey, you know, let, let's do this, where I think, you know, having Grant and I in there is saying like, hey, wrestling is no longer waiting for one guy to come around. We're hiring people to go find, whether it be that one guy or whether it's numerous guys, we're not just waiting for those guys to appear and try to start a program. They're hiring people to go out and get the job done. So again, like he said, this model is going to be taken around and Tarleton's not going to be the last one. And you know, with that, we've, we've learned a lot from Coach Cole, which is why we're both really optimistic about what we can do in these fundraising efforts. I always joke, you know, people are like, oh, you went to Cornell. I'm like, I went to the Rob Cole School of Fundraising, class of 2020. <laughs> so it, it's pretty cool. Even as an athlete, you know, he really instills how important fundraising is to a collegiate wrestling program. He calls it creating a culture of giving where even while you're on the team, he asked you to donate small amounts of money while you're there. Um, I remember I was donating $20 and 20 cents. That's my graduation year. But, you know, it just it started getting that going. The hardest gift to get is the first one. Once you start pushing the snowball down the hill, it just gets bigger. So he really instilled that in us. And he also, you know, and he'd have donors come around. He had us interact, you know, and we met some people and, you know, like, hey, someone's coming around. I really need the locker room clean for them to see it. So it was never like a part of it that was hidden. We knew how important it was to us and we knew who was coming around. So it was instilled in us even as athletes there, you know, Grant got to work for him. I got to work for him for a little bit. So learned even more there. I think my favorite concept that I learned fundraising wise from Rob was throw a lot of darts. Um, his whole thing at Stanford was we're going to try this, 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 and this, and whatever sticks and works, we're just going to keep replicating and make better year after year. Um, an example of that is we hosted a concert last year where this famous singer jewel came in and played a private show for anybody that wanted to, you know, sign up, register, donate X, Y, Z. And then we hosted a uh, fundraiser at the end of it or an auction at the end of it. And it's just creative, cool things like that, that you don't see most of the coaches across the country doing these kind of things. Um, and Rob was making a joke, like when he decided to be a wrestling coach, he never thought he'd be 
planning a concert and hosting a concert. But I think especially in this landscape of of college sports, you you got to be creative. Yeah, I mean, Rob is definitely the the businessman that I mean, you can ask I guess anybody in the country that's a division 1 wrestling coach, like he kind of does it the best and like the way he just adapts and improvises and just overcomes you know, where, wherever he's at and trying to build and, you know, obviously new ways of building one of the cool ways. And Jimmy, you probably have some funny stories, but you know, the phone-a-thon, phone-a-thon that he used to do uh, at Cornell. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great way. And then of course, I know Flo's had a, a thing when they go into his office and he's got a Rolodex of people that he always, you know, calls and, and sends messages to, and uh, you know, just kind of keeps the alumni and the, his networking, you know, engaged to what they're doing and trying to reach out to them for, um, you know, ways to help them out as well. But, uh, you know, I'll turn this now to Zach. All right. So we got Grant and Jimmy. Is there any other plans for somebody else to come on board to help you guys out? So we're going to be working on that. Once we're fully D1, you know, the plan is that we're going fully funded. Like Grant said, 9.9. The plan is full coaching staff. So we do have to reach that mark. And certainly we're looking to bring other people on. We've had names and stuff thrown around already. But, you know, can't be putting the cart too far in front of the horse. Mm-hmm. I'll be the yeah, director of ops when that's ready. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hey, absolutely. Um, that and, and man, I, I can't say enough good things about the Texas Collegiate Wrestling Board. Um, I, I won't name their names because I'm not sure if they want to be named quite yet. But they have been unbelievably supportive and want to help Jimmy and I in any way they can. They, I think they feel some responsibility in, in bringing us down here. And so they're, they're super excited to help and they see, I mean, this was their vision, right? And so they, they understand how important this could be, not just for Texas wrestling, but for the entire country. And I, it, there's going to be, yeah, we've got each other right now and, we could potentially add a third coach this year, but I think for our current needs, it's better to invest back into the program and then get a coach down the road. And once we're fully funded, that's simple. So, and you know, I think yeah. as we build this out too, so like, you know, one thing that Rob was really, really good at, and I saw a lot when I was at Stanford, was he was really good at building the community around him kind of through other jobs. You know, he was able to get guys that, you know, hey, you were working in the area. Well, come in and be an RTC athlete or, you know, you can work in compliance. Well, would you like to be the RTC president? He was really good at being able to build the community around him kind of with other jobs. So and that's something we're going to look to do as soon as we can is if there's an open job and we know someone in the wrestling community that is qualified for it, we want to be surrounded by as many good wrestlers as we can. That's that's true because no, I mean I, I talked to Mitch Clark about that and like how, how um you know Rob Cole kind of did that at Cornell and then of course I talked to Chris Harrington about it at, at Fargo this year um you know your high school coach but you know it's just it's great to have that and then of course leaning on him to do do the same things as as the funding comes in and and the program starts to build you know and talking about building you kind of you have to build a team as well you know you know now that the staff is coming along when and where are you going to jump into the recruiting trail. And, uh, you know, obviously you said you're NCWA right now um, before you, you can raise the money to go D1. But, you know, where are you guys going with the uh, recruiting trail? Hey, so I'll be at Super 32 this weekend wearing purple. Let's go. So, I mean, literally starting there is, you know, where the recruiting trail will begin. 
I think we're in an awesome spot. You know, the division one goal could be as far away as 2025 could be as soon as 2024. So, you know, the pitch to them is, you know, Hey, we get this done right away. Well, great. We're, we're D one right away. It takes an additional year than we initially thought. Well, everyone wrestles club in the first year. That counts as your red shirt season. You actually get to wear a Tarleton singlet the whole time. You get to wrestle at NCWA Nationals. So I think you saw Queens University of Charlotte do that model a couple of years ago as well, where they were club for one season as they were a new program. They had their whole team red shirt, but because it was club, they were all able to compete. They all got to go to club nationals and everything. So I think either way, you know, kids are going to be pretty comfortable jumping on board there. So regardless of how it all shakes out, and of course, we want to be Division One as soon as possible. So, you know, if it works out like that, perfect. If it doesn't, we could take that Queens University of Charlotte model and run with that. But we're starting on 2024s, 2025s right now. Even had, we can't stop the DMs from coming in of transfers and people that really, really want to start investing in this program, both financially and as athletes and coaches. And people are nonstop reaching out. So, you know, you talked about like Queens and I know that Little Rock started in Presbyterian and some of these programs, you know, they have to wait a few years to to actually get fully started and, you know, be able to wrestle, um, you know, right away D1 or, you know, through the postseason. And I was reading that the article with the NCWA uh, that Jim post posted and it was uh, the fast start plan. You know, let's clear up that confusion. You guys are part of the fast start plan at Tarleton yeah. State. Um, you know, what is what is that, I guess? Just not taking that like two to three year gap to build. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to have a transition period because they're already division one. Um, well, funny enough, Tarleton actually transitioned division one in 2021. This is their last year of that. Um, oh my goodness. What would it be? Kind of a like transition a period. Like you're seeing yeah. like Bellarmine yeah. go through. Exactly. Right. So this is the last year they're going through it as a school. Um, and so by the time we're transitioning into division one, um, that'll be over on that side and, and we're ready to ready to rock. But hold up real quick on the recruiting thing. Jimmy is so beast mode. This dude is going two hours out of his way to go recruit at Super 32 with his loaded car on his move down to Texas. You got That's you nice. had to include that detail. Yeah, actually, I'll see you down there, Jimmy. Um, you better be wearing a cowboy hat. I'm who's who's the first one to get a cowboy hat? Who's got a cowboy hat right now? You, Grant, or Jimmy? I got two. Hey, that's not go. fair. Grant had one already. I had yeah, one already. Grant had one just... already, but I've got my appointment at Cavender <laughs> booked already. All right, like I'm ready to go. I've I've had a phone consultation, and the funniest question they asked me, and I did not know how to answer. You know, I'm asking like, hey, you know. I'm going to stick out like I'm a pretty obvious Yankee. Like, I don't know how to handle this. And like, listen, one thing you got to ask yourself is when you're down here, do you want to be the hero or the villain? And I was like, <laughs> sir, I really don't know how to answer this question right now. And I don't know how that's going to impact the outfits you try to put me in when I get there. <laughs> that is so funny. Those of you who don't know, Grant just walked in with a cowboy hat. That's funny. I love I'm it. I mean, that's, that's what you need. Yeehaw, man. Yeah, uh, Zach, go ahead. We're the so, we're the cowboy capital of the world, self-proclaimed. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, you guys obviously had a chance to uh, get to know each other while you were out at Stanford together. Um, 
Now you guys both take a real long trip, roughly 1,700 miles down to Texas. Grant, what was it about Jimmy that made you just have to, to get him on board immediately? I mean, A, I, I love the dude. <laughs> so that's that's answer number one. B, I, I've seen work, and he is an absolute workhorse. And I also, in the same breath, think that we complement each other really well. I'm, I don't pride myself in being the most organized, detail-oriented person. I think Jimmy absolutely crushes those aspects. And I just, we get along crazy well. We live together for a while. Um, and again, the dude's a workhorse. He's literally going two hours out of his already, what's it, 20-hour drive? 28. They both, they both look like a 25-ish, yeah. So already, you know, re- getting to work and... Um, to be honest, if if I didn't have Jimmy, this would have been a lot harder of a job to take. Um, but having him makes makes it way easier for sure. To piggyback, Jimmy, you've had a great job at West Point. You you've finally sat down for at least a year. What is it about Grant that says, "All right, I'm back up. I'm moving. I'm going. I'll be down in Tarleton." So when I was out at Stanford, you know, he was talking about how awesome it was to work for Rob. And I was like, oh, you know, I know it's awesome. He's like, I just don't know if I could work for anyone else. And this is when we were out there. I'm like, well, you know, you've kind of got the mentality where you're going to be a pretty good head coach. You might be able to go straight from working under Rob to, you know, running your own ship. So I kind of had those thoughts early on. You know, I think there's a couple of attributes that play really well into him being a head coach, you know. I don't think there's anyone that loves wrestling more. You know, this guy had a million surgeries in college, broke his neck, and he still tried to get every single year that he could. You know, like a lot of people would have called it quits a lot earlier, but he kept showing up, kept showing up, and kept showing up. Um, You know, the other thing is I think a program like this especially needs someone with vision. And if there's anybody that can create something out of nothing, it's Grant. I had to listen to a different business pitch every three days when I was living with them. So if you're talking about just thinking of different ideas to make money and get things going and have that, you know, creative mind, there, there's no better person for this. Because right now, if you were to go on campus, there's there's three sections of mat. There's not many wrestlers. There's no banners on the ceiling. So, you know, we got to have someone that can, you know, imagine that. We got to have someone that can fund that and someone that can take that vision and turn it into reality. And in my mind, there's no better person. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah, some nice brotherly love here. Love it. (laughs) So, uh, Jimmy, you go ahead. One more, one more. I know I've known you for a long time. Everybody knows that we're good friends. Um, I know that one of your main goals in your career has been to be an associate head coach. How's it feel? It, it's awesome to finally get there. And, you know, I know it's weird to be like, you know, your goal is to be an associate head coach. But, uh, you know, I've always just kind of the the job that I really like doing, you know, I, I love being kind of the front office guy, be wheeling and dealing. I love recruiting. I love looking at the big picture of things. You know, I'm not the guy that goes in there and beats up your All-American and stuff, you know. So getting through those first couple positions in my career was was pretty tough honestly and so getting to this position i think it fits a lot of my skills really really well and you know every coach is going to have strengths and weaknesses and i think the big thing is to always hire around your weaknesses so i think i'm in a great spot in my career now where this fits me perfectly 
And I'm really excited to start running with it and really, you know, have some longevity here and make Tarleton a national powerhouse. Grant, we had a pleasure of meeting about a month ago. Um, and I know when we talked about everything going on in your life, you had me ready to run through a brick wall. Your passion is contagious. What's it feel like to be a head coach? To be honest with you, I I don't even see myself as that yet because I'm not I was telling Jimmy I'm not celebrating until we get this two million and this thing is up off the ground um you know I'm excited for the opportunity without a doubt and I've had so many great mentors and and amazing people during my wrestling career during my coaching career that having the chance to kind of pave my own way um simultaneously while leaning on those guys but have the same impact you know on on younger coaches and on athletes and um get to create my vision and, and jimmy's vision i told jimmy this is a partnership um i trust that dude more than i trust myself so um i'm crazy excited crazy grateful but i can't say i'm happy until until we get this two million done so and that's the mindset that's going to make you guys successful for sure. Yep. Hey, yep. Where'd you two fellas meet? Oh, it was this weird dude's wedding. I, I don't know. It was all I remember is broken backflips and <laughs> bad times. Dislocated knees and shoulders. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestling wedding. Yeah. Oh, it was. Um, so, shirts were optional. Jimmy shirts walked down the aisle in a singlet. <laughs> Man, There's picture funny. proof. He also got thrown about 30 feet in the air. <laughs> that's great. Um, what what obstacles might you guys face or feel like others might say that are obstacles that you might face? Um, you know, and how do you plan on overcoming those? You know, some are like bringing in recruits, um, you know, obviously the location at the first division one program in Texas. But we did talk about Texas being, you know, one of the fastest growing states with high school wrestling. So, you know, what, what you think are maybe misconceptions that people might have um, as far as the obstacles that you, you might face with a program <clears throat> at Texas or in Texas? So the biggest thing right now is how many times this song and dance has happened that people are a little bit skeptical to give. Um, there's been failed attempts to start Division One programs. There's been multiple in Texas that never took off. And so breaking that stigma of, Oh, this is just another fundraising ploy that's going to fall flat on its face. This is this is very, very much different. Um, you know, like I said, they they signed an agreement saying they're ready to launch Division One program when we hit this fundraising goal. They've gone like the Texas Collegiate Wrestling Board has hired a staff and is paying us through through their organization. And and I met with the vice president. Um, the president is on board. He's a huge visionary. He's grown Tarleton hand over fist year over year. They've, they've broken their football attendance record like three times this year. Um, they're building a thousand new dorms. It's the fourth fastest growing state school in the country. Um, I'm sorry. I know this was supposed to be a negative answer. What, what's the obstacles, but the obstacle is we got to we got to get people to see that this is very real and it's going to happen and and get them bought in because of so many past failed attempts um and then the other obstacles obviously is 
getting recruits to buy into that as well. It, it's going to take a leap of faith joining a team that's not even officially division one yet. Um, I think once we're past that, I, I think there's going to be guys that really want to blaze their own trail and, you know, be a big fish in a relatively smaller pond um, and, and do something that's never been done. I, I think, again, this is great for the sport of wrestling as a whole. This and, and I think this thing's bigger than me, bigger than Jimmy, bigger than Texas wrestling. I think this is just great for United States wrestling, college wrestling as a whole. So, yeah, because yeah. if this obviously you know works and gets off the ground, um, like you guys have mentioned earlier, that it's gonna you know lead open doors for other programs across the country that don't have wrestling and you know obviously should have wrestling, but uh, you know also being in Texas, we got a lot of barbecue, um. First of all, barbecue could be a, a great thing for someone's NIL when they get there. But uh, <laughs> you know, we're bringing you've been there um, uh, in Texas at Torlington, Stephenville, yep. Texas. Uh, have you found the right barbecue place yet or no? Oh, there's an amazing one. It's called Hard Eight. Um, mm. They took me there for, for lunch. Fantastic. Um, it's actually one of our first fundraisers. Jimmy, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but. We're going to do a, a barbecue like uh contest fundraiser. And so all the sure. proceeds go into the Texas Collegiate Wrestling Foundation and continuing to help launch this program. But I figured no better way to get people excited in Texas than to have a cook off, you know? Yeah, that, that's that, right. All the best things start with F, you know, food, fundraising, <laughs> wrestling wrestling <laughs> yeah you can't beat that i mean I'm, I'm going to the super 32 as well it's like a 12 hour about 12 hour drive from upstate new york and i'm looking forward to some southern food so i mean obviously yeah. you can't get any better barbecue than texas so I'm, that uh, carolina barbecue's got the the vinegar base okay Have you ever had carolina barbecue no it's it's vinegar based uh barbecue sauce it's not for everybody but i actually i love it I right. love some Carolina barbecue. Make sure you get some. I will. We'll do. Um, you know, so talking about the competition and you know what what's in the scope for you guys. Um, and either it's kind of crazy. Obviously, Stanford's now in the ACC. You know, with the conference realignments going on, you know, where can we expect to see Tarleton State? Um, you know, just probably in your eyes. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, we're part of the WAC right now. Um. Obviously doesn't have a ton of wrestling. There's not an official wrestling conference. There are schools in the WAC that do have rest, Division One wrestling, but they don't have their own conference. In a perfect world, you know, what I'm envisioning with location and just how good of a conference it is, we've been talking about Big 12. Yeah. Um, what's it going to take to make that happen? I don't quite know yet. Um but that's that's what I would love to see for sure. Yeah, I think what's a it's an advantage for us in this time is we have the ability to wait. We don't have to decide right now. We have the ability to wait and let things kind of settle down because you know with the death of the Pac-12, you know some schools have found a new home, but you know those Pac-12 affiliates, where do they where do they wind up? You know where does Bakersfield go? Where does Little Rock go? So kind of how that shakes out. Um, you know, might determine some different things as well. And 
I've heard some rumors that maybe the NCA goes back on some legislation where you can't create sports specific conferences. You know, for instance, the EIWA is grandfathered in. It's allowed to happen. But as of right now, you're not allowed to create another just wrestling only conference. Um, I've heard rumors that they're reevaluating that stance. So that's another possibility is that there's just another wrestling conference, you know, two, three years down the road. So I love that we have the ability to wait because we can see how this all shakes out and pick our best hand at the time. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, so obviously it's, it is kind of a blessing that, you know, give it another year or two and see how, where everything kind of falls into place and, uh, you know, get to see where you guys will end up. Um, you know, this is a kind of a question I'm, I'm reading a, a book right now. It's called sapiens and, uh, it's, it's a long book and I'm, I've been kind of getting into reading and whatnot. So this is a little off subject, but what's your favorite book? Um, or books and you know what are you what are you guys reading right now if you guys are into that my i have three favorite books um the four agreements you ever read that no do you want a quick synopsis of each book uh yeah i guess sure so four agreements is basically the principles that you live your day-to-day life by um the whole start of the book makes you question a, what those principles are, and B, why you have them. And then the rest of the book helps you create your new four agreements with yourself. So what are the most important things in your life? Why are you going to hold yourself to those standards? Um, it was just really refreshing. And then The Alchemist, huge fan of that book. It's one of the few fiction books I like. Um, but it is it is such a great story about betting on yourself um and yeah, i've heard of that one trust in your vision great great book and then actually probably my favorite read of all time is shoe dog by phil knight shoe dog um nice. just hearing his the way he thinks and how many times the cards were stacked against him and how many times he just kept his vision at the forefront of his mind and kept hammering and kept going and obviously created what we know now is Nike just hearing, seeing his mindset, the way he articulated it throughout the entire book. It was the, it's my favorite book I've ever read by far. I've been suggesting it every chance I get. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah. Grant gave you a way better answer. Um, I haven't read a book since coach green's 11th grade style and structure class. Um, (laughs) I somehow have a Cornell degree, even with that being said, The only thing I have read since I was 16 years old is the Bible. Um, Other than that, you know, I'm just reading news articles, mostly wrestling news articles. That's still news. So, you know, reading up on that stuff, I get I get some clips of things. But for the most if I'm dedicating time to sit down and read a book, it's going to be the Bible. Um, Other than that, not not reading for fun. Hey, that's a a Thrones fan. So that's great. I'm not really a a reader either, but I mean, I work in prison, so. uh, you know, if, if I've got like downtime, I, I can't obviously have my phone in there looking at flow wrestling or, you know, the message boards or whatever. I've got to read a book to keep my to keep sane, I guess. But so, yeah, so I've been getting into reading and Sapiens is like 400 page book. I'm pretty sure Kyle Dake actually suggested it on one of the uh, podcasts that I listened to. So kind of why I got into it. Sapiens, it's about the, uh, you know, the start of humankind and, and all that. It's a. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of it that you know goes into it, but uh, I'm only 100 pages into it, so I don't really know too much about it yet. 
Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to ask this, but you guys were both under some pretty special coaches and, you know, leaders in the sport of wrestling, you know, Grant, you were under coach Smith at Missouri and he obviously built that program up, but he was also under coach Cole when he got his start. And you also mm-hmm. coach along coach Cole for a few years at Stanford. Um, yep. and you know, and Jimmy, what have you taken away from your time with coach Cole and company at Cornell, you know, and being on staff with, with him and, and guys like Kevin Ward and Scott Green, you know, you were at America's team and now you are uh, going to be at Texas's team. So, um, Jimmy or uh, Grant, we'll go with you first. Uh, I mean, from coach Smith, I think his greatest skill was developing an identity that everybody wanted to buy in and be a part of like the tiger style system. Um, it, everything you did and, and I, I, you know, I'm speaking personally, but I know I have a ton of teammates that feel the same way. Um, still everything you did on a daily basis was like, all right, is this tiger style? All right. I could do it. Is this tiger style? No. All right. I'm not doing it. Um, and just the, the, the buy-in that he got for that culture and the culture he created as a whole, it was just really special. We were never a team that was getting top five recruiting classes or shoot. I, I think we barely ever cracked into the top 10 recruiting classes, but we were finishing top five in the country year after year after year. And it, I think a lot of that had to do with a, you know, how great of a leader coach Smith is, but B the culture and identity that we shared so strongly. Um, I was ready to go to war for that guy every time we stepped on the mat and it's just a testament to him. He's, he's amazing. And even through this process, um, he, he asked that I sent him a Tarleton state shirt so he could do a press conference talking about what we're doing and getting the word out there. And, um, yeah, he's just amazing. What about you, Jimmy? What did you take away from, uh, you know, both coach Cole and then, you know, the time that you've been spending at army West point with coach ward and coach green, um, two great leaders in the sport. Yeah. So I think like Cole has always been pretty upfront about what his priorities are. You know, as he went to Carolina, as he was doing an interview and he said, wherever I'm at, I've got three main priorities. The first two are recruiting. Right. Mm -hmm. And he actually didn't say his third priority, but I'm sure it was fundraising. You know, I think he really showed me that, you know, there's everyone gets into wrestling because they want to be the guy on the mat that's running practice. You know, people coach wrestling because they want to be that guy. They want to be the guy that when someone wins a national championship, that guy runs to you and hugs you. But he really showed me that building a program is a lot more than that. You know, you can't win horse races with donkeys, so (laughs) you better find some ways to really start attracting some thoroughbreds, you know, and that's with having a great coaching staff, great facilities, um, great things to offer educationally. And then, you know, in that, you know, recruiting process, building relationships, one awesome thing that, you know, he does and I was working on improving is, you know, he's not just developing a relationship with student athletes he's developing a relationship with their high school coach he's developing a relationship with their parents so it goes pretty deep and you know he really does maintain those so i i think that's the big takeaway from him you know and my takeaway from america's team is interesting like you know i grew up next to cornell that was my kids club growing up that was my high school club that's where i went to college so 
I was very much ingrained in that and being taken out of that situation and seeing things run in a different way was honestly a culture shock to me, right? Like first couple of weeks there, I'm like, what are we doing? This is, this is different than I've ever done it before. But, you know, it shows me that if you go after anything with tenacity and passion and you care about the athletes on your team, you're going to get great results. You know, I think there's a good bit of the guys on the West Point team that, you know, if Coach Green, Coach Ward, whoever on that staff just said, hey, I need you to push this cement wall over with your bare hands and it's going to help you win a national title, they would all do it, you know, and they had that buy-in from them. And because they had that, they were able to get some pretty good success. You know, we were looking at some numbers here recently. And over the course of the last, you know, seven to 10 years, they hadn't been getting the best recruiting classes the last two years or three years, you know, as Coach Green came in, as I came in, those recruiting classes started to improve. But they weren't recruiting the best, but they were getting these guys in. And they had the most national qualifiers of any school for people that weren't on the big board in high school. And, you know, that's because they were, they were able to get these guys to go in, believe in what they were doing, believe in the system, believe in their coaching and just get after it with tenacity and passion. And they would turn those guys that weren't big boarders into national qualifiers. And now that they're getting even better recruiting classes, those guys can turn into all Americans. Yeah, I've been impressed with the growth of America's team, you know, just being a New York guy and, and trying to cover New York programs, a part of, you know, more wrestling. And, you know, obviously I went down there at the beginning of last year for, I think, the Black Knight Scramble um, or one of those. Um, and it was awesome. And I, I can't wait to see that, you know, the growth with them. But uh, now that we're talking about Tarleton State, though, uh, you know, it's social media is the big thing. And, and America's team, Army, they were really they're really good with their social media and getting people engaged with, you know, their program and what they're building down there. You know, where can we find you guys on social media? I know you said you're going to be at Super 32. Um, so, we you know, we can see you, Jimmy, at Super 32 and talk to you a little bit down there. But, you know, where can we find Tarleton State on social media right now, if there is any? I didn't make it somebody else made it mm-hmm. it's tarleton underscore wrestling on instagram for okay. tiktok we're at t-state wrestling t-state wrestling all right you got a tiktok that's huge i mean we got a you're... tiktok we're relating to the kids nowadays the cool thing yes, about sir. tiktok is you don't need any original content you just see a good idea and steal it yes that is such that is the biggest truth of tiktok i've ever heard mm-hmm. yeah you don't need to be smart at all. You just got to see someone do something funny and just recreate it with your own guys. That's beautiful. That's uh, I'm actually going to you know post both of those um, so people can kind of get more engaged, obviously, with you guys and follow you guys on social media to see, uh, you know, what you're doing with the fundraising efforts and uh, you know, growing the, the program as well down in Texas. Uh, do you guys have any last few words before we end the show? Uh, no, I mean. I'm just looking forward to getting down there and, and getting to engage with the communities in Texas specifically, but um, pretty responsive on Twitter, Instagram, however you want to reach out, whether it's recruiting purposes, fundraising purposes, if you want to come be a part and helping in any way, um, I just please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I, I love to connect with everybody within the sport of wrestling and I'll, I'll take any bit of help I can get. So I actually have another question. Yeah. Um, 
where what's the number to also get the women's team? I know that was a kind of a conversation. Is is there a conversation to get a women's team as well? So for our NCWA, we will have women, I believe. Um, I do not know as far as a sanctioned Division One team. I, I have not had any of those conversations. Um, I'm assuming what's going to happen is when we transition to Division One, the women and our club team guys will stay in that NCWA program. Cause that's not going to go away. Even once we transition to division one, we're still going to have that NCWA team um, using it as a feeder, uh, extra guys in the room, whatever it may be. Um, so that's probably where the women wrestling will come from, at least in the near future, for sure. Yeah, that's a good question. I was going to ask that too, or I, I you know, thought of that as well last night, Zach, but uh, I guess I didn't write that down in the doc. Um, Jimmy, you got any last words? Hey, wrestling community, just get ready. Get your cowboy hats because we're taking D1 Wrestling to Texas and we hope to see everybody there. You know, we've got a beautiful gym to wrestle in and I hope that we're packing the stands with people in cowboy boots and people, you know, from some other states that are willing to go travel and watch some good wrestling and, you know, for the first time in Texas by a home team. Yeah, I love to hear that. And, you know, this this is episode 91 of More Wrestling Podcast and this might be the weirdest and probably the corniest outro that I've ever done. But uh, this comes from a, I'm a country, you know, sing, uh, country music fan. And, uh, you know, this comes, I think the lyrics come from uh, one of those country songs. But, you know, here it is. It's God gave them a place where they could dance or wrestle. And uh, if you've seen Heaven, brother, here's your chance. I've been sent to spread the message. God bless Texas, right? Yeah. God, God bless Let's Texas go. with, a, with a Division One wrestling program. So here we are to, to get that going. And uh, more wrestling's here to spread the message. Um, he he y'all, brother. He brother. Get your cowboy hat. I might I might bring my cowboy hat to uh, Super Thirty Two. So awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for jumping on the podcast, See you, Grant. Guys. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. Go Texans.